reading comes from Ephesians, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chooses us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the, with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Paul. Children are already dismissed. I was going to say, if, if they can fit in the barrel, they can you know, leave the room. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful, beautiful text uh, that we've been working on. We have a few more weeks to work on it. It's the, the preamble in Ephesians, just filled with wonder and joy. Today we're going to be looking specifically at, uh, let's see, we should have it up here on the, there we go, yeah, 7 through 10, and my title is Personal and Universal, Personal and Universal, because we start out in verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. And then part of that, the personal blessings too, that he makes known to us the mystery of his will. In this sense, the word mystery means something that has been hidden and is now revealed. 
and the, what is the mystery of his will? He says, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things. We're going to work with that word uh, quite a bit next week as well. It, it, in Greek, it's ta panta. Ta is a definite article, the, and panta is neuter, plural, all, the all. And I guess to help us understand it in English, we throw the word things in there, particularly if you're an American. We, we like things, you know. <laughs> what, what's the big boom industry in the U.S. over the last 20 years? Storage, personal storage. Boy, I'm telling you. Come into my room, you'll see a things. <laughs> what are we doing with all these things? But they're all valuable, and they're all precious. <laughs> uh, but I just kind of like stripping that word out a little bit in, in this text here, because it's, uh, it's just additional, you know, because it's, it's a as a plan for the, the fullness of time to unite the all in him. And then it's that which is uh, upon the heavens and that which is upon the earth. Or, in, in other words, the uh, little word upon is the same in both, both instances there. That which is in heaven and the things on the earth to make it a little bit better. And he's just saying that that's the universal. Right? So we start out personal. Your sins can be forgiven in Christ. And hallelujah, you personally are saved. You are the God who saves. And yet, also, he reveals to us this massive global purpose. You are the God beyond our galaxies. You are holy. You're magnificent. You are the creator of all. And you have a purpose and plan for the all. And, and it all comes together in Jesus Christ in, under one head who is Christ. Whether it's something out, off the earth. I like the categories here, by the way, in verse 10. Just two categories of the all. The things in the heaven and the things in the earth. I like that because the uh, evolutionists and those who are atheists, they want to tell us that the earth is not unique. We're, just, we're the third rock. Uh, we're, just, we're just sort of accidental. And by the way, how many billions of dollars do we keep spending to try to find intelligent life out there? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just amazing. I heard the other day on a news uh, program that they're using... Um, you know, trying to detect pattern laser light signals from from aliens now. We, for years, have been trying to find radio signals. Well, clearly they can, you know, have talk radio. There must be some Rush Limbaugh of the... Uh, oh, now I'm dating myself. He used to be a radio host. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, there must be a talk show out there somewhere. We listen hard enough. I, I, I'm, I'm trivializing. They're not really listening for a talk show. But uh, they were listening for radio signals, and now they're also listening for uh, 
laser uh, light communications because light is is better than radio waves in some ways. But uh, all this to say, I, I just I'm not saying these are necessarily cosmological categories here, but I just I'm just comfortable with this, you know. In go, in this site, there's two categories: the heavens and the earth. And it's very biblical, actually. We just sang a song, something about that, right? You guys were engaging your minds as we were worshiping, right? Lord of heaven and earth. That's straight from the Bible. He's the Lord of heaven, universal, and earth, very specific. We are the privileged planet. And uh, I believe that Jesus came to one planet, and he died for sentient beings who were made in the image of God on that planet. Uh, and anyway, so this is the text, personal and universal. Check my time. I've got a beautiful amount of time just to go through this together slowly. Let's open with prayer. Father, again, we're humbled in your presence and humbled at your precious, rich format text. We receive uh, this opportunity by grace from you, and we ask, oh Lord, that you would speak to us through your word, and that nothing I say would be distracting, uh, but that ultimately I'd be essentially invisible, and you'd be highly visible, oh Lord God. That's our prayer, and that you would work in each of us exactly what we need to hear. Each of us here gathered today needs to hear something a little different, and we, I'm just so thankful you, oh Father, you are the teacher, and the Holy Spirit is our guide, the teacher. Uh, so teach each of us, Lord, give us open hearts and ears to hear and eyes to see what you are saying to each of us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. All right, so let's look at this together, uh, these texts. First of all, very, very personal uh, although, as I, you know, that's the beauty of reading the scripture. I, I see that it's, it's, they're plurals. Uh, in him, we, we, the church, we have redemption. It's not just I. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. He died for the sins of his church. Um, in him, we have redemption. This is a wonderful a biblical word, redemption. What does this word mean? It has the idea of, of a, a, a purchase price. And, and again, one of the songs we sang today was, was uh, as John said, taken right out of this text, of, and redeemed through sacrifice. That's what we sang. There's a payment made. We're, we're paid in full by the blood of Jesus. We're bought out of slavery. We're bought out of hopeless situation by someone with the capability of paying all that we owe. He, he has redeemed us. I've used the illustration a few times, but it always sticks in my mind. When I was a kid, we used to have stores called redemption centers. Any, any, somebody remember those? Yeah. You'd collect stamps, okay? You'd go to a store, you go to a grocery store, they'd give you S&H green stamps for, it was a promotional thing, and You'd put them in a book, and then you'd, when you fill up that book or get a whole lot of these green stamps, 
uh, you take them to the green stamp store, which is called a redemption center. And you come in with your stamps and you, you redeem a product with your stamps. You know? You're buying it. It's just another way of saying paying the price. You know, uh, over the years, we'd get little things. We got things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I own any of those things anymore. It's a shame. I should have kept some of those. <laughs> but we redeemed. And that's this idea. Uh, and look what it says in this text. In him, the very repetitive throughout this whole text. In him. Go back to, you know, reverse a little bit. Let's read. The tail end of verse 4. In him, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. You know, this is for worship, to praise his Grace that is glorious, it's bigger and better, and it's ethereal, and you can't even put it into words. It glows. It's a timeless, soaring experience. That's what glorious. It's, it's hard to define. You go like this a lot when, when you talk about it. It's just really cool. Uh, it's, you know, the feeling you get when you uh, have a timeless, joyful, even ecstatic experience. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so that's that. to the praise. We praise His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. And who is He referring to in the Beloved? Jesus. Jesus is the beloved. You know, this is my son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, God said. I'm so pleased with my son. If you've ever had sons and daughters, right, you kind of can relate a little bit to, to God. Perhaps a grandson like the Davies, little Jack. <laughs> you know, so, so precious and wonderful. And you're, 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 it's beloved, precious. You protect, you'll, you'll, you'll die for this son. And he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood. Jesus said, this is the blood of the covenant we receive it, we recall, we remember, we commemorate the shedding of His blood for us. As I said, when we take it, we, we acknowledge to ourselves and to God that sin is not a light issue. It is a weighty matter. What did it take to get me redeemed? It took the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. What value he lavished. We're getting to lavish. I just jumped ahead there, but it's all about lavishing uh, and beautiful. In him we have redemption through his blood. And what is he paying for? 
It's the forgiveness of our trespasses. And again, notice, I said this in uh, communion time, it's plural. (laughs) You got to relate to that. It's plural. I wish it was singular. I made a mistake. I I kind of goofed up once. (laughs) I'm only human. I mean, you know, I drew outside the lines. You know, our society, uh, and that's just human nature, but, but we're good at it in our society, is to like dumb it down. It's just not that bad. It really, I mean, is there anything wrong? <laughs> no, we make mistakes. And, and it's usually our mama's fault. <laughs> or, or, or daddy's fault, you know? Or, or poverty's fault. Or, or wealth's fault. It's anything's fault, but, but mine, it couldn't be me, because I, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the brokenness of humanity, just trying to dumb down. The, it's, it's actually an acknowledgement of how bad the problem is. We spend so much energy trying to dumb it down, right? Like, don't look at this massive, you know, scar on my head, which I'm putting makeup all over. <laughs> I don't actually have one. But you got my point, right? I mean, we spend so much time trying to doctor it up uh, that it shows how we know what a stinking mess, out, house, damn spot, as Shakespeare said. It's it's a bloody stain from our murderous past. It's trespasses. Paul will use this word in the next chapter, chapter 2, Ephesians 2.1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. This is the gospel. The gospel starts with our need. Why do we need a Savior? And if you you try to minimize the need, you miss the massiveness of the payment. And you miss the the glory of what He's done for us. In, In the famous, of course, prayer, We often say, forgive us our trespasses, same word. Um, Forgive us our debts. It's actually a better way to translate that particular word, debt. You have have a a moral debt. It's a moral debt. We've had had a few cycles of debt crisis, right? Meaning, as a consumer, I owe more than I can pay off. And because I'm not keeping up with my credit card payments, the penalties come in, and it gets worse and worse. And there's these horrible loans out there where, you know, the, the person originally owned like $1,500. They come out at the end owing $27,000. Uh, and that is a debt. That's our moral obligation. It's massive and overwhelming to us. We talk a lot about landfills. That's, that's, that's trespasses. That's what's in our past. It's a whole pile of rubbish. And, and you see, why is that important? Why is it important to slow down and think about this? Because it gets us to the, the glorious grace. Why is it so glorious? Because we're, we're really, really good at sinning. You know, we're not even bad at it. We're just really good at it. We've done it so many times. It's trespasses. Say that with me. Tress.
passes. Not, not singular. I, I've, I have gone out of what God wanted me to do way too many times. So verse 7 is, in him we have redemption through his blood. What did it take? And, you know, you could marvel at that. Like, why? What is that? How does that work? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that that's what the word says. That Jesus became a human being. Uh, he's fully, truly God, truly man. And as man and as God, he died for us. And his shed blood, the Bible says, it's a present tense, and, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, constantly washing us from all sin. And we will worship him. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy. He is worthy of all worship and praise for this powerful grace, the forgiveness of our trespasses. And by the way, that word forgiveness is, I said it earlier, means to be re released. He releases our trespasses. He, he cuts them loose. You're dragging this huge weight behind you, and he cuts it loose. You know, It's a glorious release, a liberalism in his mercy and grace. And again, look at the text. Forgiveness of our trespasses. You have to, you have to admit you qualify. I am a sinner. I have done what is wrong. I, I, I'm worthy of judgment worthy of condemnation. What do I bring to the equation? I bring a pile of refuse, a landfill of methane, stinky, producing trespasses. That's what I'm bringing to this equation, Lord. What can you do for me? He can shed his blood to cleanse you from that methane-producing pile of rubbish that you're bringing to him. Forgiveness, release of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Again, emphasizing his personal wealth to pay off our debt. His grace is rich and tender. You know, it's like a piece of uh, fudge, perfect fudge with delicious walnuts in it. You know, you, you can't really eat a lot of that stuff. Just a little bit is, and you have to have, to me, I have to have black coffee uh, with it. But that is, you know, a little bit of ecstasy, okay? <laughs> Keep it in. Uh, check! Watch out. But, I mean, it's a rich, amazing experience. And it's a silly illustration, but that's his loving grace to us. It's the riches of his grace. That's what it takes to pay off, to re be redeemed, and to release us from our trespasses. Can I get a hallelujah? Are you getting, are you getting sleepy out there? This is the word of God, dear friends. This is describing you and I <laughs> and, and the work of Jesus, you know? It's, it's beautiful. Riches of his grace. And here comes the, the L word, lavished, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Lavish. This is the word, uh, it's perisusen, perisusen, 
which means to be over and above, to exist in full quantity. He lavishes his loving grace on us. You know, it's, I wanted to do this, and I, really, I decided not to do it, but imagine I had a bucket of water, okay? And I come and just douse that candle with a bucket of water. Can you imagine I might have done that? It would have been a really big mess, and I, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. But that's this word. It's over in abundance. He has the innate ability to provide full and complete release and loving forgiveness and redemption for our pile of rubbish. And that's, that's upon which we stand, the grace upon which we stand. And the, the better we understand this, the more we're going to be uh, upset at people who are coming with, you know, like eyedroppers, you know, like blindfolded, trying to hit the candle with an eyedropper of water. I mean, that's not even a good illustration. It's more like a, like a, a, a blowtorch, you know, a massive fire, and they're coming with an eyedropper. My efforts to pay for my sins, I'm going to do this, watch me now. Never happens. You won't be able to pay for your own sins. And, and by the way, also, Jesus doesn't need the help from anybody else. It's in him, in him, in him, in him. It's Jesus Christ is the Savior. That's the gospel. And, and it's blasphemy to say, well, we should come to, you know, St. Christopher or, or Mary and talk to her because Jesus doesn't have quite enough energy or time to listen to you. Now that's, that's not just a little deviation. It's blasphemy. Speaking of which, we just celebrated the Reformation, by the way. The Reformation started on October 31st, uh, 1517. And that was a big part of it. It's just that Jesus is enough. He's, again, the word to be, this word, lavished on us. To be over and above, to exist in full quantity, to abound, to be abundant, to be possessed of full sufficiency. And notice again, uh, the Holy Scripture says here that he does this lavishing upon us, again, the plural, the church, in all wisdom and insight. In all wisdom and insight. He knows what he's doing. He knew what it would take to save a human being to save his church. He knows. That's a marvelous thing. When you have a, an issue with anything, anything that's not working right, you, you want to take it to somebody who knows what they're doing. You know, for example, like, let's say there was a, I had an iPhone a couple of generations ago, and uh, Apple sold it with a defective battery, right? And so eventually the battery went out after just a few months. And, you know, <laughs> imagine me, you know, getting out my screwdriver set, you know, a couple of chisels, a hammer. What, what else are you going to need here? 
you know, maybe a saw, a jigsaw, <laughs> and I'm going to fix my iPhone. I've had no training, and, uh, you know, i got hands that are humongous. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm just going to destroy this situation because I can't fix it. I don't have all wisdom and insight. You take it to the person who knows, and within like seven minutes, they've got it fixed. <laughs> it's, it's not hard when you know how, and God knows how. Trust him. Trust him. He knows how to forgive your sins. He cleanses you and gives you a whole new life in all wisdom and insight. The word insight kind of means wisdom, but it also means it's just intelligence. You know, God has the intelligence. And see, the uh, remedy displays the gravity of the problem. The, the death of Jesus Christ for our sins, his shed blood, Jesus Christ, God and man, shows the difficulty of solving this problem. And you need the powerful, wise, and intelligent solution to the problem. And nobody knows the problem better than God. He knows it. We don't even know the problem. I mean, do you even know when you've screwed up? You know, half the times is when somebody else tells you. It's like, wow, you're right. I screwed up. <laughs> how, I'm sorry, how dumb are you? <laughs> I mean, am I? <laughs> right? Can, can I say, yeah, okay, you know, you, okay, yeah, a little naughty. I'm not insulting you. I'm just saying, we don't even know the problem. <laughs> we just, you know, live through our lives. But God knows in all wisdom and insight. I wanted to illustrate this whole lavishing thing real quick. This, I don't know if you can see it. This is a spillway at the Lake Oroville. Yeah, Oroville. In, in February of uh, 2017, coming on three years ago, big, huge reservoir lake uh, in Northern California called Lake Oroville. Uh, it, we had so much rain, so much quick rain, it filled the reservoir up. And all of our reservoirs, we have lots and lots of reservoirs in California. They, they're all man-made, man that means a reservoir. And it has a spillway of some sort because, you know, at some time it might fill up, right? And, and, but it hadn't for years. It hadn't, Oroville had not filled up for years and years. So that, but suddenly they have to use the spillway. And look what happened. It started eroding and collapsing and it became this huge, colossal uh, cascade that was beginning to erode the entire dam. And there's a massive amount of water here. And so they evacuated 130,000 people out of the whole area, had to get out of there because of the abundance. Okay, that's all I'm going for here is the perissimo, the huge overabundance of water. And, and that's Jesus, his powerful forgiveness for our sins. That's why we worship the glory of his grace. All right. The next part is just way too good. You're just going to have to come back next week for it. Because honestly, I try to cram it in, and I've got three or four minutes. Not, not a good plan.
and have a little wisdom and insight here <laughs> and not uh, get to that. Let's just go to the last slide here real quick. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's my last slide. This is what I'd like you to carry out of the room in a little, little paper bag. Do we have those bags? No, we'll just use our minds. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm silly. <laughs> this is what I want us to do. This is what I think the Holy Spirit wants us to do. First of all, receive his grace. You know, he's here. He has an abundance of grace. You don't walk out of this room trying to deal with your own sin. You can't do it. It's, it you'll be condemned forever uh, because of that. Secondly, praise his glorious grace. If you have received his grace, you're going to be a person of, of the, there's three times in this passage, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glorious grace. We're the people who worship. We sh should be the people who worship. And then finally, expect big changes. That's my third point, which I didn't get to. Lord willing, we might have next week if the big change does not occur before then. Let us pray. Father, thanks for your glorious text. Thank you for the joy of being able to worship you. Thank you for the lavishness of your mercy and grace that you douse us with your overabundance of kindness and love. And we receive it. We, we revel in it. We relax in your love. We trust you. And we also need you every moment of our lives. And that's our prayer as we sing together today.